Okay, this is Trish and Harry, the Bloody Critics, and we're going to do a little analytical dive into the 2016 film The Monster, which was written and directed by Brian Bertino, American-Canadian horror film starring Zoe Kazan and Ella Ballantyne. And on the other hand, we have Antlers, which is a 2021 film directed and written also by Scott Cooper, based on The Quiet Boy, a book by Nick and Tosca, also an American film. I didn't realize it was based on a book. Yes. Okay. The other one is an original, The Monster is an original story, but Antlers is based on a book. I wonder if the book would be any good. Yeah. Maybe. Should we... I don't know, like, um... Do you want to do a quick summary of both not really stories. i i mean especially if we're just doing 10 minutes because otherwise we could take 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 the whole time doing that um but yeah no it's, it's interesting that um the antlers was was actually a book because i think it would almost work a little bit better as a book uh the sort of psychological um psychological elements were probably like the most strongly developed bits of it and then the gore was like less necessary, and the monster wasn't terribly frightening, and not very realistic. I thought the it's actually not a novel; it's a short story. Okay. That it was based on. Um, I disagree. I thought that the well, the supernatural element wasn't very strong, um, but I didn't think the psychological aspect of it was very well developed either um, what i found interesting was this overview of a very distressed small town population you know they have issues with drugs the children are um, very much neglected or abused you have a teacher trying to go around doing her little part yay for teachers and it's awful <laughs> And that I would have liked to see more of. And there was only a bit of that sprinkled and then it became a full-fledged, you know, we're looking for the monster, where's the monster? And um, it just, it, it, the whole thing didn't work completely for yeah. me. No, I completely agree with you, actually. Um, when I say psychological, I, I kind of mean the psychology of, of that ex-mining town that suddenly has nothing going for it and is full of crystal meth labs and... Unemployment. Like, and yeah, and everyone just accepts that everyone, every child is neglected, and that um, everything is going to shit basically. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought that that pervaded through the whole thing quite well. And the reason why the boy is so pitiful is because that's kind of that that feels like it has traction. The idea that this town is in in an absolute crisis. And I think the monster works well as a, a reflection of that. He um, is the, this boy is a mirror of that. You're right. It, physically, he has the, the hallmark of the neglected child. You know, he's very pale. He's very blonde. He has very big eyes. He has very big circles under his eyes. He doesn't talk. He this, he's um, weird. But I think he wasn't as strong as a main child as a main character as a main child persona hmm. as was the child i think her name is sarah in the monster 
Lizzie. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also, I well, I mean, who the, was incredible. Like yeah. she was played so well, and you really immediately are on board with what's going on in her life. And yeah. You wanna be with her. No, absolutely. I mean, like the first thing you get of this boy is like, you just see see him wait waiting in the car, and then you go straight from that to like him killing animals and taking them home and you're like okay well this suddenly isn't that relatable anymore yeah i don't know what's going on here i want to know more and that's the thing is i, I feel like antler works more as like a sort of mystery quite like you know to, to try and work out what the hell's going on because you're not quite sure if it's like a zombie thing or an infection thing or you know um parasite or, alien or, yeah and then the whole thing is just summed up in like a clunky bit of exposition um, and that kind of ruins that Which mystery, really. Which we won't really. spoil. We but... won't spoil that, but it's... Um, it, it could have been quite satisfying, but I think it would have been more satisfying to not know or to, to learn in some yeah. sort of, like, angled way. Uh, and, yeah, it felt like they spent the entire time building it up to have one character we don't really know very well explain it very quickly in about two minutes and turn out to be exactly right. So... Um, yeah, I don't. I, f- I feel like that it, that lost quite a lot. As in, if you oppose it again to the to the monster, uh, the the film, the monster, obviously not the monster in in the Antlers, you don't ever have an explanation for that monster. Really, you, you know, you you don't need one, um, and that gives it. Well, you do you need one? You could have one. We would welcome one, but it's also nice that we don't have one because. It dis- having one distracts from the point, which is people stuck in a car in the middle of the night in a forest, and then there is something there, and we don't know what it is, and we don't like care what it is because we're only observing. Whereas in Antlers, there's so much backstory and story and character psychology that again doesn't quite work whereas in the monster it's just about this mother and daughter um the mother who i thought was incredible was played by zoe kazan and is just the archetype of the very young very irresponsible mother who has addiction issues but is also incredibly relatable in the sense that she's every bit the millennial who doesn't have a direction wants one wants to do what's best for her kid and just can't because it's too hard and and is stuck with this kid that she doesn't like and you know this kid is stuck with a mom that she doesn't like and they're in this incredibly tense crisis of a of a situation yeah I, I, but then, you know, like, I, I know that is the, the crisis is, is potentially like wider than just the two characters there, but it also is very much like, well, because the monster is not explained, I feel like it, it lends itself to being seen symbolically a lot more. And the, yeah. the other thing about, um, the, the thing that is something similar with both films, but one that the monster just does very, very like a lot better um is the uh the the crazy situation of parents and children within it and the fact that there's so much trauma going on in the world of parenting where where they are but the monster in the monster can be a really acute reflection of 
just addiction issues with it within the parent and Very the inability so. of the parent to be there as a proper parent yeah. um and yeah. that that that's pure and and also the fact is that antlers shows that but you get distracted by the monster and you you want to know the mystery and you want to find out and you you don't understand what's going on the monster's just really clear cut and it flashes back and forth between the past and the present. And in the present, you're terrified. And when you go back to the past, you're also terrified. But for things that are completely different, for no, no, no connection to what's going on, other than it's, it's terrifying because it's real humans treating each other really terribly and being completely unable to cope so in a parent-child relationship. This is monster that you're describing, yeah. right? Yeah, not not antlers. Yeah, no, the uh, the, the monster. Um, it is it is going to be quite confusing calling it the monster and and then like uh, and uh, accidentally referring to the monster in antlers. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could call um, it the beast in antlers and the monster in the monster. Yeah. Um, the other fact that lends itself to what you're saying is just the there are there are only really two characters in the monster. There's. Lizzie and her mom and that's it and they're fleetingly people who get devoured very quickly who have no you know impact whatsoever on the story and I really liked that there was nothing to distract from just this really torturous relationship between the two yeah which I I could see a lot of you know it's, it's very abusive but it's also very um real there are there are interactions that they have that i've had with tessa not so bad obviously but just very real explosions of frustration and anger and mis misunderstanding what the person is saying or what they want and and feeling attacked for who you are and and that makes it all the more visceral and it's, yeah and it's no there's no like no context given to any of those um any any of those things either it's just purely um like you're dropped into a situation you see their relationship and you build up an idea of what their relationship is like just from these little vignettes yeah um and therefore the relationship is what's being presented you know it, it, it isn't about the monster the monster is something that's happening but it is about the relationship and the monster of alcoholism or mistreatment, neglect, whatever it is, that's what's being portrayed at the same time. So you don't, you you can make the connection and say it's an allegory or whatever, but you don't really need it. It it could be easily be a thing on its own where you just really get get the hang of these two characters. And you know, I'm like you, I, I love a two hander. You know, like it, this is something that could easily be a play and, uh, and a, a one a one space as well with nothing else you know yeah. very little character no. one space and you you don't really see the monster either you you see it at the end but like t uh, most of the scary parts are at the beginning and you you don't need to see the monster really yeah. like it, it, you do see it and you know it re retains we, we, we often talk about this don't we Trish where like the more you see of the monster like the less, the less scary, scary it becomes it is, yeah. right but um, because it becomes less psychological or less like, oh, was that something? You know, it, you go like, oh, yes, it is something. Now I can clearly define it. And it's that sort of uncanny valley type thing as well. Like when you think things are normal, but you're not quite sure, then that's when you're like the most scared. And when, when you realize that it's completely out of the ordinary, 
then you you kind of go like okay well that's not going to happen to me yeah. I'm less viscerally affected but this ma- this manages to keep you at it yeah this well film, you be- doubt your perception as do they for hmm. a long time something's there but they're not sure so we're not sure yeah. and we're really at at the same pace as there whereas in Antlers uh, most of the characters know what's going on mm. like this child knows what's going on some of the secondary characters do so you never really know where your position is as a viewer whereas with the other one you're completely with them mm. um yeah no this is true as you say this could be happening yeah <laughs> but but also i think it's the visceral nature and realistic nature of their of their um relationship that makes it so real you know, like, yeah. and it makes you feel so real. Well, I know, I know we're going to go now and we're going to finish and we're going to wrap up. I just want to say one thing about Atlas that I think may redeem it. it, it like, you know, I, I, I thought it was something that could, it was fairly enjoyable to watch. I thought some of the characters were a bit superfluous. And um, Jesse Playmans, whom we love, isn't it? So, But I think out. he's a bit miscast. Yes, like, that's I, what I, you I, thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's a brilliant actor. Um but he's just kind of playing the same roles that he always plays and everything else in it, and it doesn't really add very much to it, having him in, in there. The, the teacher's a much stronger thing, and, and, and actually, like, the most realistic thing in there was that teacher in the class at the beginning, just trying to, really desperately trying to get other people to answer, except for the one kid with their hand up, and then having to eventually come to her. That felt so real, having yes, been a teacher, I can tell. pitfalls of um, teaching. May, maybe it is just an allegory <laughs> for teaching. I'm not sure, but... Um, <laughs> So the the one thing that gets me, I, I I have to do. So maybe you should stop listening now if you do actually want to go out watch Atlas and see it for yourself. But spoiler the, uh, alert! Yeah, now. spoiler alert. So the um, the the beast in the end turns out to be um, a. Oh, are we going there? Yeah, no, that's where I'm going because okay. I, I I can't actually sustain this allegory that I'm trying to build up without actually explaining okay. what the beast is. Um, um I'm, it's it's basically some kind of spirit person or a spirit that's been yeah it's a native american legend that people were stuck uh in a mountain nearby or something and they started eating each other because they didn't have any other food mm. and once they consumed human flesh they became this demon that had an insatiable lust for other flesh and started running around and basically eating things alive and that's reawakened and i think because what's impressed me so much about it was this feeling that this town is on its knees and everyone it's collapsing on itself and in a way you could say that it is eating itself up there's a lack of resources there's no police funding you you know jesse plimmons just like says the sheriff he's the sheriff and he just goes like you know what yeah we would take him away from his neglectful father but they, they they decided like the council decided well we better leave him there because you know, at least he is getting some modicum of care. And that's the standard slipping to the point where society is eating away at itself. And I thought that the idea that this beast comes back at this time, you know, um, and reawakens and then starts haunting the... What did I say? Haunting. So it starts um, kind of patrolling and then eating people alive and, and, and all of this sort of stuff... It makes sense, at least in that way. It's a kind of a justification for this being a story about a town that is, you know, eating itself alive because it has nowhere else to go and it's like completely um, stuck, just like the people who would be those cannibals in the story were. 
Um, and so, in a way, I think it's, yeah, you could see it as that, as a reflection of being eaten alive by uh, your limited capacity for human flourishing. Um, I, I, I would just say that's the potential of it, and it, it just didn't live up to that. It could have been, they could have gone into that um, area of exploration mm. more, and made it more metaphor metaphorical and didn't and hmm. that lacked a bit yeah. also it could have been scarier the trailer looked really scary yes but it, it wasn't actually as scary as, as we thought it would be and that was a bit of a disappointment okay um, I'll, I'll, I'll just finish by saying a word on monsters monsters is incredibly frightening we were very, very, very scared. And there are quite a few moments that are very hard to watch because they're visceral in so many ways. And so I would definitely recommend it as a thriller, as a psychological drama and as a horror, pure fright. Uh, definitely got from monsters. And Maybe we should have done a summary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> the bloody critics at it again. Oh, oh bloody critics. Geez.